Welcome to the Beginner Audiophile Show, where we bridge the gap between the clueless big box stores and the snobby stereo shops. Every show is filled with gear reviews, commentary, and interviews aimed to find out what makes a real-world difference in your listening experience, how to get the most bang for your buck, and frankly, how to begin experiencing your music in the way it was intended. And now, your co-hosts, Dr. Paul Anderson and Michael O'Neill. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beginner Audiophile. I'm Michael O'Neill. Coming on the show shortly is Dr. Paul Anderson. In this show, we are going to introduce you to WAF and what that means. Resolution. We're going to update you on uh, APTX, which we talked about in the last episode. Review the Sonica DAC and finally get into your questions. So without further ado, Mr. or Mr. Doctor. Mr. Doctor? Dr. Mr. How are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you? Good. Enjoying our little uh, nerd out time here with the Sonica and the Bake Off. I was nerding up on Vancouver Island. You were? Yes, I was. Yeah, tell me about that. That's the whole WAF resolution discussion. Oh, okay. Is that so? Very fun. I wish you'd been there. Well, I wish I were there. It was a classic. That's, uh, were you in Nanaimo? I was in Nanaimo. Yes, I was. What? I mean, honestly... One of the most beautiful places in North America, I think. Even when you t- whether you take the ferry or you take the plane to jump over or you take the helicopter, whatever it is, it's just staggering. Just outside of Vancouver, Vancouver Island, obviously. And uh, beautiful. What were you doing there? Beautiful. Well, I was up there uh, uh, teaching natural health. Uh-huh. And uh, my friend Kyle, total music nut, plays music everywhere. Really? And he says... I didn't know that about him. Yes. So Kyle's all excited. And uh, he says, oh, you know what, though? The missus doesn't let me have big speakers. Because I asked him, why don't you have like a real stereo? Because he had these Sonus in the corner buried under things like. Right. And even if they were in the right place, they would have sounded better. Oh, yeah. That notwithstanding in the right place would have been good. But they still sounded weird. And he says, yeah, my wife's not happy. She doesn't want the speakers. And then I realized that I'm hearing a third speaker because I'm sitting on the couch kitty corner and I, and he's got four stereo speakers in one room. So he's got some phase it's not issues. Phase. Like he, he's out of phase. He's out of time and it sounds horrible. And he's streaming MP3 files from his phone. Right, and right to the Sonos. It turns out his wife has great ears. She plays piano. Her father was a musician. He was a spectacular musician. Grew up listening to jazz. And so she hated his stereo. So when he added more speakers, she says, look, I don't want any more speakers. And those big speakers are ugly. But what he didn't realize is her, his, her hearing is much better than his. Mm. So I actually pirated his control of his Sonos. And I turned off the two speakers, extra speakers. And I, and I t- put in my own title, and I started streaming high-res for him, which is Red Book CD. I'm just streaming, you know, 1644. Right. And it was glorious in mm. comparison. And I start playing her, like, you know, Miles Davis, and I'm playing Dave Brubeck, and I'm playing the Zuccaro from uh, Italy, which is a spectacular recordings. So I'm playing all the great recordings. She goes, this sounds great. Mm. And I said to her, you know, the speakers are buried in the corner. If we just put even a little monitor on stands, you get glorious sound. She says, that sounds really good. Mm. So we 
it, the, white, the, the wow factor in his case, yeah, there was an aesthetic one because she doesn't want large speakers. We could do right. monitors. But if you gave her great sound, what he wanted to do was just be louder. I'm going to put more and more speakers in the room and make it louder with right. MP3. And it was like, oh, my. Right. So they'd be a perfect couple for the Kef LS50 wireless. That would be a, 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 an amazing choice right. for them. Uh, and then we can just stream right to it. Yeah. Yes. And you so wouldn't need uh, you, that's no wires, nothing. And then yeah. we'll get we can get a wireless rel to go with it, um, and they be they would be just doing fantastic. Right. What would be better? Right. Right. So, so talk about what the what talk about what WAF means. So wife wife acceptance factors. One of the problems is, and we have to accept the reality is, even if we as guys think that this gear looks spectacular, by and large, women hate it. And they they've spent you know, maybe either thousands or tens or th- or even more money decorating a room, and you show up with a speaker. I have seen more high end speaker sales killed as soon as the wife comes to the showroom. You can just mm. see the guy wasn't going out with the big. He goes out if at all, goes from giant speaker to little tiny speaker, and not in the right spot. Right, right. So that wife acceptance factor is a major thing to overcome, and you realize, guys. Put your eagles aside, but for the most part, women hear better than men. And they hear a lot better than men, and I'm going to tell you why. The best listener in your ha- household, if you, have a, if you have a pet, is the cat or the dog. Mm. Because they're totally phase and time aligned. They are so sensitive to phase and time that if your speakers are off, they hate them. Really? My dog hates my home theater. <laughs> she thinks it sucks. And if you turn it up loud, she'll Bubble leave the, the audio file. Yes, she'll leave the room. But when I had the, those Vienna acoustic kisses, which are time aligned, and I had them there, I could turn it up to jet engine loud, and the dog would just roll over and look at me. Really? That's yeah. interesting. She does. She likes the hard breast, but it's near field. But they're still not perfectly timed phase aligned, but the kisses are glorious. Isn't that funny? Women are huh. the same way. They're much more time and phase sensitive than most men, just generally. So if you, if you don't have a time and phase aligned speaker, not only they don't like the look of it, they don't like the sound of it. So hmm. my suggestion always is bring in like the story with Kyle and his wife was if he actually understood sound and what he was trying to get, if he actually came at her with an with with good sound, he could have wooed right. the woman into a better. Right. And then he could have gone with something like the Kefs, which is small. Right. Same size, he's got one stuffed in the corners. Right. The Kef LS50 is uh, an award-winning bookshelf speaker. Right. Uh, last year at CES, they came out with a wireless version where you could stream literally right to the speakers. They had their own amps built in. Yes. So in, in terms of the ultimate you know, two-channel living room or bedroom system, it's such a great fit because you don't have to have any other gear. No. You stream title right to those kefs, and you're 80% of the way there. You get a nice Absol- subwoofer on absolutely. it, and you're, you're, you're there. Absolutely. So, so Okay. And at cool. the same time, we were drinking vintage champagne. So, again, <laughs> Kyle needs to learn how to sell. I right? the right Cause, time. Cause I, I said by the time I finish, your wife is willing to look at better speakers now. Right. It just needed the right uh, context. The right context. Right. There you, you go. You, so you don't want to... So, but the I, big thing is MP3, if someone has good hearing and you've got out-of-phase and out-of-time speakers, which is most speakers, yeah. and you've got MP3, you're, you've now, for if, if, you, if someone has good hearing, it, they may like the music, but they're not, as you said, they're not experiencing the music on a level that's entirely 
profound. Right. It's just it's just background. It's enjoyable. You're not paying any attention to it. But as soon as I put on and I was streaming Thailand, and I streamed some of the masters, which is those MQA files. Right. They really sound on title. On title, they sound terrific. Okay. So in general, the the WAF, we can assume the unless you've got the best wife, which some people have great wives. My girlfriend loves my speakers, you know, and and uh, we can just assume though in general, the bigger the speaker, the lower the wife acceptance factor, and vice versa. So there are a number, and we've we've reviewed a couple. Uh, we've reviewed a small set of Elacs, which sound pretty good, but. The, the replacement ELACs, the ones that replace the B6, which are the concentric ones that uni unify, that we haven't tested yet, that's sort of the poor man's KEF LS50, pretty inexpensive for 500 bucks, and our time and phase aligned, look okay. Well, uh, they actually have a European version, which is $200 more, which is the slim version with lacquer. Oh, the white, the white ones? And they black. Have, they, they have white and black, black now, well. yeah. And, really? Yeah, they're the slim version. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then, of course, um, there are new ones which are coming out, which are twenty five hundred bucks, a little more. It's certainly, a, a significant the, price. Yeah, the Kef the Kef LS fifties, which we just talked about, and then the um, uh, techniques, which we haven't tried yet, but they won Speaker of the Year. They're, they're going to be all all going to be really in the same lane. But one of the things to realize is with monitors, we all want, everyone wants the big three ways because they want the they base. want big floor standing speakers, right. right? But there's a magic about monitors, especially if they're time and phase aligned. You're definitely getting more like planers or electrostatic, which are single panel speakers. Yeah, that those are like old. look like a big panel sitting, and on they're more coherent, and they're and they and they sound more like the bands there. Yeah, the thing you're giving up is bass. Right. So if you're willing to put now with, with, with wireless bass and not just rel, but there's you know others are doing it equally as, as well, you can then put subwoofers around the room without wires. Have we tested that? We need, to, we need to try and get a wireless sub. Yeah. Um, well, the we guys that. that I get my subs from, they have tested and said actually they thought the wireless was as good or better. Really? But we'll get it in and test it. But the thing is, now you don't have wires and you, you can move it around. I and mean, we've, we've done the subwoofer right. testing. You may not be in your ideal spot, but there's more using more than one acceptable yeah, spot. Yeah, three or four spots. We had the great subwoofer bake-off a couple episodes ago. Right. You guys can so, listen to placement and positioning. And if you can get away with two subs, right. then you are in audio nirvana. You're, you're close, yeah. And for uh, about the same money, but now you're getting that whole bottom end. You'd never get with your three-way. You can you can get there if we let's like assume we we had the SSVS subs which we really liked. You've got a rel here that you really like, but three grand, three four grand you get world class. You get those Kef LS50 wireless and then a nice sub with it like a rel. If you can get one, One's or you great. get two SVSs and and for fifteen hundred bucks and for three grand you're you you know you'd be hard pressed to do a lot better. So, right. Um, yeah, so that's the WAF. Um, talk to me a bit, because I'm confused by it still, about you've mentioned MQA, you've mentioned Red Book CD, you've mentioned a bunch of things that are confusing to me as far as um, file formats and resolution. Uh, I know we can look at devices you know, like Apple Airport, but it's only able to support 1644, which is like CD quality streaming yeah. versus... Um, this Oppo Sonica that we have now, which will do a full PCM 
192, you know, all this stuff. So and talk, does talk DSD to me about, is, and does is DSD. So both. talk to talk to us a bit about um, resolution and, and what that means. So um, when we went to digital from analog, basically digital is you just take uh, a point in time of the sound and you assign it a number. That's basically what you're doing at the zero or a one. Well, but no, you're also you're also assi assigning the size, so it isn't just zero ones, it's zeros and ones, because you're quantifying the height of the curve, right? And so, and then there's a rate at which you sample. The faster the rate that you sample, the more resolution you get, the more bits you use to describe the strength of the signal. So, 1644, 2496. So 16 means 16 bits, 44 hertz sampling time. So 44 hertz means 44 times per second. It, we're it, sampling. It, it then you can go 96, sound. 172, and the, 176, the more, the sorry, 196. The second number, the more times per second it's sampling that sound, which and, means that right. and the in-betweens are, getting are more well represented. That's right. In theory. And what's it, the first number mean? The it's 16? the number of bits. Okay. It's 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 so how much how much, much it's sampling. how much information I'm able to gather. Okay, so sixteen forty four not as good as well. 90. No, you okay. said not as good, and that that we thought. But I'm going to give you some interesting view on that now. Okay. So we think you would think that the higher resolution would be better, and I, I'll I'll do it for you here. But um, it's not true. Hmm. It turns out not to be true at all. Um, especially if it's been remastered because I have, and I'll play it for you. I've got some uh, Bob Marley reggae. I've got some Pink Floyd and I'll play you the DSD, which is even a higher resolution in terms of uh, quanti quantification. And they sound better on the Red Book CD. On the CD sounds better than the higher sampled. I have a, I have 24, 176. Uh, and I have a 2496 of the same Bob Marley CD. Red Book sounds night and day better. And I have the same thing on Pink Floyd, but I also have Toys in the Attic where the DSD sounds better. So the mastering really, really matters. Hmm. And it's not always what you think. And it turns out that if you have a really good DAC, Red Book is very, very good. What we didn't know early what on. What does Red Book mean? Red Book, just that's how they originally came the CDs. It means 1644.1. Okay. So CD quality turns out if you do it right and you have really great gear, you can get spectacular sound. Hmm. Can you do better? Absolutely. If you go back and remaster and they really know what they're doing, can it get better? Sometimes. Sometimes not. Depends how the original masters were recorded. Um, so it, it's interesting. Now, MQA has come along, and that's the big thing right now, and Meridian brought it in. And, the, and all MQA is is a different way of packaging the signal. Like wave, AIFF, MP3. There's information blah, blah, blah. When, you're, when, you're, when you're sampling a signal, there's information all about right. the music. So what they did with MQA is they threw away stuff they didn't think was important, and they really concentrated on keeping the timing and phase. Uh, that's one part of it. The other part of it is they go all the way back to the master and say, if I know the characteristics of the ADDA converter they're using in the studio, and I can pass that information all the way along to your DAC, and your DAC understands what their DAC did, right. I can recreate the studio 
no matter what. I can have one to one ten right. different DACs in the studio that that come from you from different studios. But at Michael's, as long as his DAC's got MQA and has access to that original information, you can reassemble the signal in a different way. Hmm. There's the, there are multiple versions of how we remember we read that article about the different ways to unpack MQA. Right. So it depends on how far along the chain. My personal opinion, and I've heard it, uh, I have not been overwhelmed with the difference so far. I, I definitely need to hear more, but I've heard several demonstrations. It's been okay. I'm, I haven't been convinced. Of what? But that MQA is really doing something spectacular. I haven't been co convinced of that yet. Okay. But what's interesting, though, is on title, on streaming, I am convinced that when you do MQA streaming, you definitely get great sound. At least the, the albums they've chosen on title. That's the masters. So, and, how, and, and it's in there smaller. How do we get to that? Remember, you told me how to get to that? So it's like, you go to what's you, new, right? The, yeah, you can't do it on your portal device. You got to do it on your computer. So it's got to be the computer app. You and then you go to what's, go to what's new. new in title, and then you click on uh, albums, and then you click on master. Okay. And the way to get them over to your portable device is you got you got to actually mark them. There's no other oh. way to do it yet. Interesting. But... Those albums are, for whatever reason, are sounding absolutely terrific. Remember, mm. with MQA is uh, smaller, so it's there's less to stream. So if you're a streaming service, I can give you better sounding, at least so far, much better sounding, and it's smaller bandwidth. So I can I, I'm going to spend less and give you better quality. Here's the kicker, though. I didn't feel kicked. <laughs> this title is doing it. So we talked about how to unpack the MQA, and we can totally have a whole episode on MQA, which we might, but um, Tidal is doing software decompression of the MQA versus streaming it right to a device that can decode MQA right. and is supposed to give you the best results. Well, it depends hardware. where in the chain it's coming from. Uh, but Rune is also, if it, if it isn't, I haven't checked lately, Rune's also going to un unpack MQA. Right, but we got uh, hardware and, and software. And Rune's neat because if your hardware can unpack it, Rune will pass it through. That's the thing. And right. if it can't, it'll software unpack it. Right. So that's the thing is like, well, the, the ideal from what we read, you got hardware on each side. So you have a device that will unpack MQA. This device we're testing today um, there's an update on the way that will it'll by default do MQA. We talked about the uh, really because that'll be one of the few. Yeah, the AudioQuest Dragonfly uh, has a firmware update that it will. Is it is MQA. it out yet? I don't know. I didn't look yet. Because you got my Dragonfly. Yeah, um, but I will check. And, and, and that's see another that. life lesson we should share right now. What's that? When your buddy Ashu offers you audiophile gear, what do you always say? You always say yes. So when I asked you the Squeezebox Touch for streaming, and what did you say? I said no. See that you, but I'm okay with that one. I don't you, want that. You, you, <laughs> I didn't like that. Should we? We should do something with this. Maybe this should be a thing. Uh, they don't we'll know. Talk about it. You know, when we're on radio and you're pointing at something, know, they don't know what. To, the I didn't want to say it out loud. You can say the Rega. It's know, the Rega previous generation uh, R 1.0. But I'm what I was. I didn't want to give away that maybe we should do a thing with the show, depending on how we. Anyway, we'll talk about it. Um, so that's well, it's Matt's gear. I don't think you're going to get. You can't pass it along to the world. No, no, I think it, no, no. Maybe he will. So just so you know, we have we're an audio file brethren. So what we do is is yes. we get gear. We don't usually sell it. We usually pass it on to our friends that may not be as economically ready to invest, so to speak. Yeah. 
I still have a set of good uh, one more USA earbuds. I want to give away to well, that be uh, nice. Audiophile. So here's what you're gonna do, you guys. Here's what I want you to do. Um, for those of you who are listening, go to wherever you listen to the show. Um, if you listen to it on iTunes or have a, a iOS device or on Android or whatever, leave us a rating and review for the show. Take a screenshot and email it to beginneraudiophile at gmail.com. I will pick from the people that have uh, submitted a rating and review, and uh, you'll get yourself a nice set of... Well, that's a very nice giveaway. Right? I think. Very nice. Um, Let's move on to... We talked last episode about APTX, and APTX is a, a Bluetooth protocol that gives much higher resolution... Uh, audio yes than than previously it's actually something developed by Qualcomm and I have a oldish Alpine not oldish but a few years old uh, Alpine receiver in my car and it doesn't have a CD player it just has either you know mp3 or it has USB in or it has Bluetooth so I can stream title to it if I want to via Bluetooth. But when I plug that USB cable in, it's like a different instrument. It is so much better just via USB over, over, uh, over Bluetooth. This APTX is meant to eliminate that gap and sound much better. So we talked about it on last episode. I've had this little experiment going on. I have a vintage uh, Porsche 911 that I don't want to show a stereo in. Because it, it's, it's kind of a race car. It looks like a race car. It drives like a race car. And I didn't want a big stereo in the thing. Um, at least I didn't want to show that I had a big stereo in the thing. But I had this idea of having a fully hidden receiver. So I popped onto the Qualcomm APTX website just to see what devices might come in audio gear. And it turns out that Kenwood makes a four-channel amplifier Totally, it's a marine amp that is APTX uh, Bluetooth. So you can actually put the amp under your seat or wherever you want to put it. It's about six inches by four inches. It's kind of small. Stream directly to the amp without having a receiver at all. So I do that. I got myself a little Kenwood under seat subwoofer and these um, Focal integrated separates, which are essentially coaxial uh, time and phase aligned. And they'll be in the doors and I've just perforated the vinyl. So the only thing you'll see is the perforated vinyl. You'll see none of the other gear. It'll all stream from my phone. It sounds unbelievable. That's tr- fantastic. Yeah. If you guys want to hear it, if you go to the Beginner Audio File uh, Instagram account, at Beginner Audio File, I had a little demo that I set up on my table with all the speakers and everything hooked up so you can kind of see what it's like. Unbelievable. Sounds great. Cost me, uh, what was it? Two hundred, about five hundred bucks, five six hundred bucks. It's gonna be glorious. It'll be perfect, and I'll be able to stream title to it. You won't ever see the thing. It'll be finally okay for doing long road trips. But that's my APTX update. That's a great update. Yeah, I was very excited. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, Next, we're gonna talk about this piece of device that we're looking at. Um, So for years. The Oppo Blu-ray players have been used by audiophiles to stream good two-channel audio because they have a DAC, uh, digital audio converter, that people were very fond of. And Oppo, just at CES this year, came out with their new 
Sonica DAC. And it is an audiophile DAC and network streamer, which means that it automatically has title built into it. You can also do Spotify if you want. And as we know, Spotify and Pandora and those guys are starting to come out with, uh, at least talking about coming out with higher resolution audio. Uh, this is a device that is pretty well equipped. It's 800 bucks. It's got XLR outputs. It's got USB. It's, it'll play high-res DSD files. Um, it'll, it'll, it's, it'll go as high as you want. And it has this chipset that's found in uh, DACs that are much more expensive called the Sabre Pro, ES9038 Pro Sabre DAC. And, and it's a uh, fully controlled, so you plug the thing in, uh, you set it up on your phone. In my house, it literally took me about two minutes to set up. Plug it into, in my case, RCA inputs. In your case, we did RCA and we've tried XLR. And then you've got a, a streaming device where you can actually stream title natively to the device to whatever receiver you have. And uh, that's what it does. So you've had it for the last couple of weeks and would love to hear your opinions before I share mine. Uh, first thing, how to bake it in. Yes. So um, some people believe in breaking, others don't. Uh, and I, my whole view on this is you got to trust your ears, and it definitely changed. Um, so it's. What, what did you hear before, and what did you hear after you broke it in? And how I, did you break I it actually in? thought without breaking, it was pretty unlistenable for my ears because I'm pretty fussy. Uh, I have trouble with uh, harshness, uh, and I like even order harmonics or thirds, right? I like tubes, I like soft. Um, so I was hearing a lot of third order harmonics, which you felt like a digital and, and yeah, a little it was digital harsh. is harsh, definitely smoothed out. I baked it in for two weeks. How did you do that? How does one bake in a new, device? Uh, I just set way, it on, I just set it on rune and just let rune, let it play just looped, just looped it constantly. And you don't, do you have to turn the speakers up? It doesn't really matter because it's, it's no, but I did, I did give matter. it, a, I did give it a load. So I, I did run it through the receiver. You did a little bit. A little bit. Just so it's just running. Bit. And it's funny because I actually wrote um, to Oppo and said, you know, what do you think? And he, he gave a similar, uh, I, you know, idea to, to break it in a little bit. Yeah, because it has capacitors in it. So usually capacitors take a while to charge and discharge and settle in. Yeah. So that was the first thing. Um, and it certainly, it, it works really well. It, it picks up all the different file formats, FLAC, uh, Apple lossless, uh, all the different resolutions, including DAC. Does it well. Yeah. I wish it was Rune. Did uh, you download the thing on your phone? Did you download the app? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't really run off the app because I, I actually got it hooked up on Rune through my desktop. Uh, and then I was using it to bake off and test it different ways yeah. and see what it liked and didn't like. Yeah. The only thing I haven't done is the coaxial because I don't really have coaxial connection in, in the uh, studio. Right. But we've tried USB, RCA, XLR. Yes. We did natively USB. So the amp we're using for the testing was my Parasound integrated. and But Parasound, the integrated, has the Halo has a lot of good connections. So we could actually run in the RCA. We could run in the XLR's balance um, so that the amp, um, we took the DAC out of the Parasound and then we could also run the Oppo as a straight USB DAC uh, into the Parasound directly. Right. And uh, what we found was that it was pretty good as a USB DAC. Uh, when we were running it out of RCA, it was pretty good. When we ran RCA and iLink, 
which is the USB Ethernet, and then converting back to USB. It was a lot better. We talked about that like what two episodes ago. I That's think. right, and then basically because yeah, you're reclocking the signal when you go from USB to Ethernet and back. That was 130 bucks. That were like what? Yeah. So if I was buying this device and I wasn't going to use the balance connectors, I'm going to use RCA. I would definitely test it with the iLink from Sewell. Um, and there's other ones out there, but this is the one I found had great reviews. You got on that Amazon. on Amazon for 130 bucks. It was transformational to this device. Yeah. And was really interesting. This. We've heard it now on a couple different devices. It's made a huge difference. Oh, on the Parasound, it changes the Parasound's right. level. It and goes. that is something that you would go between your computer and your receiver. If yes. If your receiver has a USB in, yes. this thing goes computer USB to device, device to Ethernet cable, Ethernet cable to the next device, device back to USB to your receiver. So, so yeah, it goes for to whatever the center reason, receiver. If for whatever reason, just having that Ethernet cable in between changes well, you, everything. You, you it isolate, aligns everything. Well, you will isolate the electrical signal, and you also reclock entirely. Mm. There's no more a debate. You have to reclock it to send it. Right. Um, and I don't know if it works on really expensive DACs, but on the Parasound, it certainly worked. It worked on the Rega that I have here, and it also worked on the Oppo right. um, very well. But when we hooked up the Oppo, um, and we were, we were feeding it out, through the uh, XLR, the balance connectors to the balance connectors on the Parasound, it was its best yeah. that we have heard yet. And we did not use the iLink. We just ran computer USB to the Oppo, Oppo to balance. XLR. Right. So if you're going to b- go with the Oppo, I would highly recommend you get an amp that can take balance. Yeah. Uh, that was a big thing because we, um, we were doing what we do, which is bake stuff off. And you were, so, you were blinded, right? I was you, blind. So I walked in. I was sitting in the seat. I've got the uh, Harb, the Harbeth monitors and your Parasound. So this is a lot of, you know, six grand worth of gear or whatever, right? Uh, at least six, seven, right? Or something yeah, like that. We were running the rel too. So. Yeah. So you, you had the, all the setup. I was actually facing the other way. So I had no idea what you were feeding me. I didn't know if I was listening to the Oppo or the Parasound or whatever. You got one and two. Right. I just had one and two. And so I chose overall, I chose the Parasound because it was open. And then we and open and very layered and it felt really good. We went back and forth with three songs. But then we switched to the XLRs out of the Oppo into the Parasound. And we both... Did that move we do sometimes, which is this quick look at each other like, whoa, that was profound. That was a huge deal. So the Oppo loves the XLR cables. Yep. And I thought that was cool because I've never used XLR. And the XLRs we plugged in are literally the ones we're using right now. <laughs> They're not expensive. Microphones. They're not fancy XLR cables. But it's just how the signal. I read this little bit from the Oppo website, which was. Sonica DAC's audio output path is fully balanced from the DAC chip all the way to the XLR jacks. Even the RCA output signal is converted from the balanced output. The balanced design provides better common mode noise rejection and improves signal quality. It also provides better channel separation by eliminating the common ground return path. That's all fancy. What I heard were more sparkling highs and more layering of the music. And that's the thing. And that wider. I, bigger soundstage. Because that was the big difference. The yeah. Parasound sounds like the band's there. It's clear. There's And there was a lot of mid-bass mud on the Oppo until we went fully balanced. Now, remember, right. 
if you are going to balance some amplifiers, they say they're balanced and they're not. Some gear says balanced, not. I'm pretty sure we check with the Parasound. It's a truly balanced right. input. And that's why we were, we were really running balance to balance. And in this case, not always, but in this case, it made a huge difference. So if you're going to do that, hopefully you have balanced. But we also found that when we ran the OPPO with the iLink device, that that is it was another great. So if you don't have the yeah, balance, have balanced, then I would definitely get the iLink, and you're you're sorted. I think you're. It, really it's not the same piece of gear. Right. The it, good news is you can plug it in. You can grab it. And by the way, I I love this thing. I I I loved. I don't think there's anything on the market at this price point. It this feels to me like a high end gear piece of gear for whatever reason, and I loved how easy it was i'm holding my phone waving it in front of this microphone like you guys can uh, hear it but um i loved how easy it was to plug the thing in get it integrated into my system and then i've got this really nice sounding unit integrated into my system that i can control from my phone so if you have a a receiver or a two-channel amp or something that is dated and doesn't have airplay or any of that stuff not only will this sound better but now you have more capability in terms of being able to stream title right from it. So I thought it was great. Well, and that's good. And, you know, they, they're going to add Rune and MQA. It's going to be a, a good, solid Swiss, uh, Swiss Army knife. The, the thing that we're going to uh, get the listeners to uh, uh, get involved in is if they're doing Rune is the Linux server. Mm. Our friend Matt. We'll get there. No, I'm just yeah. saying is, but, you know, you're talking about ease of use, and it just sort of popped in my head is I don't crash anymore. Right. <laughs> like on the on Rune on on Mac, it was it right. was a nightmare. On Linux, it's just a rock. Right. All That's it good. does is work. So my controllers, it's just easy. Right. What I liked about this is if someone has, let's say they've got some receiver their dad left them from you know nineteen some old Marantz thing, and they've got a pair of old uh, JBL speakers. Remember the ones that people everyone loved back in the day, and they're like, man, I wish I could get you know. Pandora, even Pandora or whatever, to that device, this thing does all of it. And we would obviously say, don't do Pandora, do, do Tidal. But this will do all of that. You can add this into your system. Have, it'll modernize everything. And then as you continue to develop your ear, then maybe you grab the iLink or you grab a pair, you know, you upgrade your two-channel or your amp and it now has XLR inputs. Give that a go. Throw the XLRs in there and you've got a really cool piece of kit that I think will survive in your system so high, highly recommend for me at 799 bucks i think it's a great uh a great device that can change your system so that's uh opodigital.com is where you can grab that um and it's called the sonica dac any further input from you paul no i i think it for the price point it's good for me for my ear um I was still ch- a little challenged in some of the areas, but if I only had that amount to spend, sure. Well, we're beginners here. Well, I'm just you saying know, we're we're, uh, we're we're crawling up the food. I'm chain. still crying over the loss of Mrs. AMC DAC, which was a what? My old de- tube DAC that was worth like a hundred bucks that I just adored that croaked. Oh, oh bummer. Yeah, bummer. Um, so it's been kind of fun. We've gotten a bunch of great questions from you guys. Uh, we're gonna try to answer them now. Your mileage may vary, but we got questions and comments. If you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to fire them, beginneraudiophile at 
gmail.com, or you can always jump over to the um, Instagram page at Beginner Audio File. So let's see here. Um, this was interesting. This was from Scott. He says, please use caution when discussing receivers. The majority now are uh, specced out by being measured only at one kilohertz, up to 10% THD. He's getting into nerd, uh, Nerdville specs. Um, like my former Denon, that means one-third rated power in the real world. My one, 180 watts per channel Atmos Denon was real-world 35 watts per channel. The Anthem is probably 60 watts per channel. So uh, is it just nomenclature? Do we, should we all know that? Because I feel like when I've read some reviews of the, like, a Marantz or an Anthem, that some of them are even, uh, the rating is lower than they're getting. With, on the test bench. Well, there's, but there's, he, he Scott's very right. Is uh, it can be very deceiving, especially when you're doing so low to mid fi, because they all want to have sort of like the highest amount of watts. But there's peak and there's sort of root. What it, what can it put out on average? How much can it jump? But everyone looks at watts. But you, I mean, you know, but you have to look at amps. Okay. And we're going to have a question coming up about the ELAC. So amps turned out to be highly important. How much, and especially in home theater, how many amps can it put out on average and how many amps can it actually jump to? Hmm. So on my prime air, uh, it, it can run 20 amps. I think it's 20 amps a channel, which is massive. It's a big class D. That amperage is what can, gives control of the speaker and it gives you all that kind of control. So... Those numbers do matter, but at the end of the day is if you don't want to nerd out in that, the thing is you just got to go listen to it. Yeah. Uh, and, some, one, and the guy, the same the guy that asked about the ELAC points this out is they run out of gas, and, and we're going to come back to that because okay. the ELAC question brings that up because what Scott's saying is you, the, the, the ratings sometimes are, are not indicative of what you're really, really looking for. And then if you mismatch it with a speaker that's power hungry, you end up with a marriage that's not you're not happy with. So, you know, depending on the sensitivity of the speaker, it means how much power, especially how much current you need to get it to perform. Right. Okay. So you go to the ELAC, we, it'll, we can sort of talk about the... You want you want to do that first? Yeah, because it, it kind of continues the theme. There's the guy that was talking about um, the home theater in ELAC. Uh, I will look for that one. Is that... Oh, this is the one where you... Uh, the big long guy... I think, or help with home theater. Help that with one. home theater. That one, the clips reference in the Elax. Yeah, okay. So um, this is uh, from, well, it says Elusive Shinobi. But he says, first, thank you so much for creating the Beginner Audio File. Listening to you guys has really inspired me to build my first home theater slash music setup. I have a few questions that I think you can help me out with. First of all, I have a budget of around $2,000. I'm okay starting with a uh, 2.1 or 3.1 channel system and move up from there. My question is, what do you think between the ELAC Unify UF5, which is what I was talking about earlier, and the Klipsch Reference RF7-2 speakers? I wish they had the ability to audition both, but I have no dealers near me who sell others, blah, blah, blah. I've also read the ELACs are amazing, but when turned up, they can get distorted pretty quickly. That's what you're talking about. Are they really loud enough to fill the room? Am I in the right track, or should I be looking for something else? Um, I have no problem with used items if I can find them. These speakers will be mainly for home theater and 25% music. I'm not sure if this will help from an audio reference standpoint. Um, I have a family member who has a pair of Martin Logan 
uh, Motion 60 XT, and I love the way they sound. Thank you for your time and helping me. So um, I've actually never heard the Eclipse reference RF7s, but you have an opinion on this whole thing, Paul. I do. So when you and I uh, listened to Andrew Jones and spoke to him at length, yeah, um, realized when he's demoing, he's using the Audio Alchemy uh, Class D. He's using $3,500 worth of gear right. to audition you know, $300 to $500 speakers. Right. Well, there's a reason he's doing that. Those speakers are highly inefficient. Mm. So it isn't that the ELACs are going to run out of gas. Is that uh, Andrew Jones knows, like, he has to compromise at that price point. So what he does is they're less efficient. You need better gear. So do they get congested? No. We heard them really super loud, and they were not congested. But mm. it was a $3,500 right. setup. So the answer for here is, you've, what Scott's talking about, is you've got to have a, an amp. It's going to be probably Class D that has really good power. So for your home theater question there, do I think the ELACs? I like the ELACs because the unified are time and phase aligned. Uh, you can buy the four monitors and a center if you can get a good enough deal on it. If not, you can just buy the two monitors at the front uh, with a sub. Eventually add a second sub. And you can get something like the, uh, one of the Marantz's, like the SR5011 or uh, the Onkyo. Um, the SR5011 or the 5010 would do you very well. Right. Um, it'll have enough power and current to run those ELACs. Again, you, you want to look for something that has preamp outs as well. That way you can upgrade your amps. You want an upgrade path. Is what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, right? so you want to have the preamps out as well. And again, ideally, you want to hear this synergy. Um, the whole point of all this is you got, things have to be synergistic. Uh, if you just can't pick an amp and you just can't pick a speaker, they actually have to work well together. And if you read, one of the things I like about the, the magazine Stereo File is John Atkins, when he tests gear, will often say, I wouldn't marry this amp with, mm. you know, uh, speakers that get down to two ohms, this amp's going to run out of gas. Right. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put this amp with that speaker because this amp is over going to overpower them. If, so what I like about that, he's very knowledgeable about matching. So synergy is everything. So if I was going to do the Elax, I know you said you had trouble uh, demoing, but I'd want to hear that gear together. You can Ideally, always return or, them too. Like you can, or being able to order it and send it back. But I've got to somehow have be able to demonstrate and listen to it with my ear. I haven't heard the, the what was the, the Kiplitch? What is it? The uh, Klipsch. The Klipsch. Uh, yeah. They yeah were, I uh, haven't heard those, so I can't comment. They might be great. Again, it's synergy. that Time and phase notwithstanding, a lot of this is if you can find the right gear and match it up really is what makes a difference. And I'm sorry you don't have it somewhere closer. But So... But, but here's another option: is that he really likes. He's got a relatives that a relative that has the Martin Logan uh, Motion 60 XTs, which are a great speaker. They got a really cool tweeter design. You could also look at getting the Motion 35 XT uh, or the Motion 15s, which are the bookshelf versions of those floor standards. So those are big old floor standards. If you're looking at getting um, that's their monitor the, version of yeah, their... Yeah, this is the their, monitor version. Of their so, electrostats. Yeah, so these are electrostatic speakers. They, they, they actually sound great. If you Well, here's the deal. They're, they're going to sound... When you, when you listen to a family of speakers, they're going to sound like relatively the same. 
these things are twelve hundred bucks for the pair, and you've got you know if you could stretch your budget just a teeny bit and get yourself a, a, even a small sub with these and a receiver, even a two channel, you've got a really you've got something that sounds like you want. Maybe it doesn't have the big floor standing you know capacity. Or as you get some money, you get a budget, and you add a subwoofer. If he's doing it. a home theater, he's got to get an AVR, though. He's right. Got, he's got to sink the money into an AVR. Well, but you could get a... I could get a... My Marantz 7009 is selling now for much less money, 800 bucks. You could get one from last year, a 5011, that's 600 bucks. Right. You know, that you don't have to get a brand new piece of gear. It's going to, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. But you can get an Atmos-enabled Marantz whatever it is, you know, 6,000 thing from two years ago, and you've got a, a pretty nice setup. So you could, uh, you know, I love the idea of spending the money on the speakers that your ears are going to love for a long time. So if you if you were to get a pair of these Martin Logan speakers that you already like, you get the smaller versions, as you move further, move further down the timeline, maybe these things just become the bedroom bookshelves at some point. But for now, you've got this glorious pair of speakers that you love, Mated to a really decent piece of gear, you get yourself a center channel. You're probably in for maybe twenty two hundred bucks because it gives you about that gives you a thousand dollars to spend on a receiver and a center channel. And I think you can get on the used market. You probably could do great for that. That's my that's my two cents. And if you want to, the Motion Fifteens are eight hundred bucks for the pair, and those are the smaller versions that you could get for surround. Now we're at. Two grand, three grand. Three grand gets you a five-channel, 5.1 set, set, setup with a nice piece of gear and all Martin Logan if you like it. Anyway, there you have it. Um, let's look at this. Affordable subs. So we tested a bunch of subs. We did the SVS and we did the REL a few episodes ago on the great subwoofer bake-off. Uh, Scott has written in and said, hey, you mentioned REL on the podcast one. They were my benchmark since MagnaPan owners swore by it. By the way, I just had dinner with my buddy Steve the other day, and uh, he's got he, he's moved a couple of houses, and his systems have changed like three times because he keeps moving houses, but he keeps his REL. The REL stays in the family from, from house to house. Um, the Zoo Research, which is HSU VTF15 MK2, totally outperforms it in every possible way perhaps the half the cost of the 12 inch rel no contest especially in measurements isn't it aren't aren't audiophiles great with opinions um yes i sold the rel and got dual 15 subs so i know you have an opinion on this my opinion is i'm going to reach out to the research and we're going to get one of these in and we're going to listen to it oh yeah we'll, we'll bake it up we'll, i have we'll heard it, it off and i know you have i have heard it. On it i've heard a lot of subs over the years and the thing is, for me, is you, you pick what your ear likes. And I'm on the music side. I, my home theater is 10% of my listening. I'm two-channel. On my two main systems, I like the REL because they're musical. And when I bake them off, I've always found them to be, in terms of my price point, the right price point for me. Um, and, and the second point about this is, measurements notwithstanding, I'm not a big measurement guy. So I'm going to trust my ears. So really it's about how does it sound to my ear, but also how does it sound to my system? I'm a huge synergy guy. Sometimes I'm surprised at gear. Sometimes we do things that we're not supposed to do. It sounds great. And it's, it's not about saying it beats this or that. It's like in my system, this sounds better, but your mileage may vary. Right. 
And that's yeah. the big thing. And also, you have to go buy your ear. Yeah. So Michael and I, we don't always agree. He's it's always true. wrong, but we don't always agree. Right. No, he's not wrong. What it is is we have different hearing. We have different uh, things that we like. And so that's what you go by. So... I'm decidedly less snobby than you are. Well, isn't that? It's just I. I. It's not. It's nothing to do with snobby. It's the fact that is is is. So sometimes you're more highly sensitive than, to things than others, and this is what you're looking for. Um, my thing is when I walk in the room, I want it to sound like the band. I want the band to be in the room, and I don't want any odd order harmonics. I want even order harmonics. That's why I love tubes generally. I'm actually going to be putting a tube DAC in here, which you didn't know. I'm going to be buying a, an aesthetic. DAC to put in front of the Parasound because I'm going to put a tube in the chain. I almost always never have gear without a tube in the chain. Yeah. You just like that warmth. You like the, yeah. I like that. Because I can tell so, when you, when you, you can hear digital pretty well. Uh, sometimes I prefer the, the sharpness of digital because I'm a drummer and I like to hear the hi-hat. Like I really like to hear the hi-hat. Exactly. Like to hear, so that's just an opinion thing. But that said... I am going to reach out to those guys and see if yeah, we can get a sub. And they are great subs for the money. There's no yeah. question. And, and you know, we'll, we'll try. But I still have the SVSs. You've still got the REL. Maybe we can do the subwoofer, great subwoofer bake-off part two. And I'm actually going to reach out to Anthem um, again and see if I can get one of their two-channel uh, integrated because then we can have we can try it against this thing too. Uh, okay, here's one that has a few things, which is great. Um, Scott says, I just started listening to your podcast, though I'm not a beginner. All right, well, that's good. You can, you can help us out. Like me, you guys are pragmatic. I detest audio snobbery and snake oil. Points. Analysis plus oval nine. I use these on whatever. Uh, the net effect was to gent gently diffuse the sound so that it seemed more musical. No way were they accurate. So he didn't like the oval nine cables. Okay. In his system. In his system. Yeah, that's fine. Exactly. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he, used, he likes to use, and this is where we start getting into audiophile world, he uses ultrasonically welded broadcast quality blue jean cables made in Seattle, which, by the way, aren't very expensive, and I'd like to get a few. Yeah, I, I've heard good things yeah, about them. I have. I, I'd like to try some of those ourselves. They do not alter the signal. Much more reasonable than Analysis Plus and accurate. So, okay, good. I will add that to my list of things to reach out to and to get a few blue jeans. Uh, headphone amps. I discovered... No, but hang on. Let's, say, let's okay. answer this question here. There let's talk. Question. He was just making a statement. Yeah, but the, the statement is... Analysis Plus is not accurate. And okay. the problem is that's what you're hearing in your system. I've heard Analysis Plus in other systems that sound glorious, and I've baked it off against extremely, like $10,000, $20,000 cables, and the nines were glorious. Yeah, We know the guy, too. He's, he's, a, he's a so smart cookie. The thing is, one of the things about this, you know, well, I guess this hobby is that there's, you get highly opinionated and you kind of get in, in sort of with your gear. And I just, we've done so much of this over the years and have so many friends in different systems. What I've learned is it's all about synergy yeah. and it isn't about money. It's really about, can I get these things to match? So in your, whatever your system is, the blue Janes are, and they may apply to a lot of situations, but Analysis Plus, I've heard sound fantastic, and I happen to be running nines currently yeah, on the hard press. Yeah. So we're gonna bake off yeah. the blue jeans, and I'm gonna bake bake them off blind to Michael because we right. did blind today, and my friend Greg this morning, who by the way had the same opinion on the Oppo as you did, uh, and we did it blind for him. Cool. He had no idea what's going on. 
Right. He didn't. He didn't. He, he didn't had no it. clue what he I was doing, but he just knew one, two, three. He liked one the best. Right. So we're gonna do them blind here now. Again, it'll be in my studio near Field with the Harbors. It's it's definitely more of a studio sound, and we'll see how it, how it works. With the same songs we do, and we know, see, and we'll know. So okay, good. Um, headphone amps. I discovered made in USA shit audio. That's by the way. I, I, I'm not cursing. It's S C H I I T. Isn't it funny that that's what they did? Um, products are made and built, built in California. Uh, they have better parts than many far more expensive units. My Lear 2 is just over 500 bucks, staggering six watts of power, and you can use the tube section or MOSFET uh, sections to effortlessly power anything on the market uh, for the same price as poorly made Chinese tube, tube amps or the... <laughs> The Grado, I'm not gonna, he's got an adjective that goes with the flaccid Grado, so he's very opinionated. Um, anyway, um, he likes he likes shit audio. We haven't tested anything. We did. Yet, but, no, no, uh, no, you forget. We've actually tested the shit. We did? When? Yes, we did the Mulvenar tubes versus amps and sound down at uh, Mr. Speaker's. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were, we were listening to which amp that I'm going to walk out the door with. That's right. Uh, and we also did the uh, linear, uh, whatever is the linear, uh, Zotal. Oh. Linear Zotal. Okay. So we had two pure two, two bands. You, you tested those more against. No, what? you, but we stuck the headphones yeah, on yeah. you. And the yeah. headphones we were using at the time were the Mr. Speaker's Ether C flows. Right. Now, interesting, Dan, the designer, actually designs on the Ampson sound. And I listened to the Mulvenar. We all listened to them. Uh, and we all picked the Amson sounds that he designs off it as the best match for that, for the genre of music that I like, right. not the genre of music Michael liked. That's right. He didn't pick the Amson sound for his genre of music. He yeah. preferred the shit. Yeah. And I like the shit too, but for my music... <laughs> Um, when you're digitizing old 70s and 60s rock, one of the problems you get in is you can definitely get some digi digititis in there. And by having a, a tube amp, on, especially on headphones, it softens the whole experience. Mm -hmm. And Dan was the one that told us. And interesting, Dan at Mr. Speakers had designed a, a pair of speakers called Platinum, which were in the day were considered one of the best monitors. And I had purchased a pair of said Platinums not knowing Dan was the designer. Right, 25 years ago or whatever. Yeah, which yeah. so the ironic part was here I am listening to this guy's headphone speakers, and I'm going, these are the bomb, because I need a clothes back. Right, you liked them a lot, right? Well, I had, no, I had no choice, because I had to have clothes back in the studio. I couldn't have open, and I needed something that was accurate, um, so I went with the Amson sound and the uh, Ether C flows. That's cool. But we have baked off the shit, and we liked it, um, for my needs, I wouldn't pick it. But I chose it. You chose what you got. Yeah. For yeah. your needs, so, you would pick yeah. it. So there you go. But we'll get it. We'll get another one and do it and do something around here as well. Um, well, we like their stuff. I think again, price point wise, they're doing great, great stuff. So it's S C H I I T. Um, I think they sound really great. And then um, the the last point he made is there there is a whole market out there for you can make your if you're a DIYer. You can actually make your own speakers. They have kits out there where you can make higher-end speakers. Again, you're eliminating the, the big middleman of actually creating and building and finishing and all that stuff. But you can get some nice gear. And so, um, you know, uh, SB Acoustics and, 
you know, he's been doing some stuff. Uh, you can look at, let's see. Yeah, so he's, again, there's a whole market out there, and I forget the name of it. Is it um, Parts Express? Parts Express, yes. Yeah, we've parts, seen... Parts Express? Yeah, at the, the large audio shows, yeah. like Rocky Mountain, they're yeah. there. There's it might the, be, the DIYers. You know, that might be a little more advanced than our beginner audio file world is, is ready to do. But, you know, once you learn a bit about this world and you start knowing kind of what sound you like, there's a lot of DIY stuff out there. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, pretty cool. So let's see. I think that might be the last question. I, or I skipped one. Um, yeah, that's the one. Affordable subs. We got to that. Yeah, that could be it, dude. That could be all of our... Um, yeah, newer DAC into older speakers. We sort of answered that already. Help with home theater. We did that already. Yeah, so so that's it, Mr. Doctor. <laughs> yes. That's it for this episode of Beginner Audio File. Um, yeah, hopefully next week, next time we meet, um, I'll be able to test the, uh, the anthem. So far, I haven't gotten that sucker to connect to the interwebs like I need to. Still working on it. Send them some more data today. Well, I have an Airport Express I'm going to give you today. Oh, good. All right. Sweet. What, what happens? What's the golden rule? Your audio file buddy gives you something. You got to try it. You always say you gotta, yes. You got to say yes. <laughs> say right. yes. That's right. And we got it. Um, once again, thank you guys for listening to Beginner Audio File. Find us on the Instagrams at Beginner Audio File and on the Facebooks, uh, Beginner Audio File as well. And fire us an email, beginneraudiofile at gmail.com. For Dr. Paul Anderson, I'm Michael O'Neill. We 